Well, it says excellent connection on YouTube, so I'm going to go. Going live. Let's, yeah, let's do it. All right. Are we live? You tell me. <laughs> Just waiting for YouTube. Hey, I think we're live. Yeah, finally, after a couple of minutes of, uh, you know. Yeah, sorry, we're almost a half hour late. <laughs> CPT. Uh, we CP might have time, to uh, make this uh, shorter because I figure we'd go an hour. I mean, most podcasts are an hour, but um, yeah, so we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. So anyways, welcome to the official first episode of the Gig Economy podcast. Me, your host, Chad, Gig Economist. My co-host, Hannibal, is hungry. <laughs> Excited to be here, man. This first, yep. you know, it, it's a little, little, little shaky in the beginning, but I think we'll be doing just fine. Is there a way? Can you turn your mic up a little? You're. It's funny now. You're quiet. <laughs> no, I'm quiet. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little louder too. So. Yeah, that's good. All right. So I am in. If you can see my green screen background here, I am in Sanford, Florida. About 20 miles north of Orlando. Hannibal is in Brooklyn, New York. Yep. yep. Not Brooklyn. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> no. And have you ever seen the uh, the logo for this show? Not this one. This is Chad the Gear Economist. The one for this show is me with these headphones on holding a beer and this mic. Yeah, it looks exactly the same, dude. <laughs> Actually, I don't wear the headphones. I don't really need to because, um, you know, it, 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 actually, the reason most people wear headphones when they do a podcast is just to prevent feedback, but it's because the mic is so close to my mouth, it's not going to pick up off the speakers over there. Mm. So, anyways, I'm drinking a very special beer tonight, Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Fancy. Only the classiest things for Chad. <laughs> All right, how many people we got still? People we got still watching after that long delay. Say hi in the chat. I I gotta look up. I'm not even. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I saw Gig Mom just said hi, Pedro. If you're still here, hi. Oh, oh, Jacqueline ooh, Taylor. Ooh. Yeah. So this is this is clearly the first show. Once we figure out, how, once we get this, and I just want to, you know, roll like. You know, Joe Rogan never has this problem. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he, he does have young Jamie to do all the technical crap. Yeah, but uh, you know, you know, this is the first, this is the first episode. Wait, what do you want to talk about? What we think we could? I guess we could talk about that one thing that everyone is talking about. We could do that. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna save that till the end. We can't. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Can't, yeah, that uh, makes sense. That's called a tease. Yeah, yeah. This is an actual news digestion show. So anyway, speaking of which, let me bring up my... All right, so our first story is... It's actually kind of old news at this point. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about the uh, the PRO Act. Uh, and, um, you know, this was actually introduced... It was introduced like a month or two ago, maybe a few months ago, and it's actually passed the House already. And uh, it's basically, if you remember AB5 from California, it's basically the national version of that where they want to turn uh, independent contractors into employees. And the news that's happening this week, actually, let me uh, minimize my 
my zoom here. There we go. All right, so the news that's happening this week is that uh, surprisingly, people on the left are actually not a fan of this. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. So I sent I sent Hannibal a few of these stories. Um, most well, actually, these are pretty much all op eds. So it's there isn't really yeah. as much breaking news that's happening. Yeah. Other than just a lot of these um, op eds come out. So like this one. Uh, says I back Biden Democrats, but their pro union bill could kill my career. Don't as I count as American worker. Um, this is really interesting. Um, because this is an op ed, I'm not gonna like stop and read the whole thing. Stephanie West just subscribed. Thanks. Um, and there's another one on. Um, oh, that was on actually NBCNews.com. That was an an op ed. Here's another on one. On NBC from, News. Wow. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a big deal. This is on fortune.com, why the pro-labor pro-act devalues workers. Um, and then there's this one on entrepreneur.com. What is the ABC test now? Could it harm freelancers and independent contractors? So the, let's see, th I, th I thought this one on entrepreneur.com is probably like the best one. So maybe I will give this a quick rundown. So freelancers, independent contractors in America may soon face a test and if they don't pass it, their ability to earn a living could radically change. The test is called the ABC test, and it's included in federal legislation called the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, commonly known as the PRO Act. That's currently being considered by Congress. If freelancers, independent contractors pass this test, they continue working independently. If they fail it, they be classified as employees of their clients for the purposes of labor law, which means they may no longer be able to operate independently. What's the purpose of the ABC test? As is the case with most legislation, it depends on who you, who you ask. So if you scroll down a little here, it, it says like what the the criteria is, but it's really interesting. If you see right here, it says the ABC test has been around in some form since the 1930s, but the version of the PRO Act is different from most and has never been implemented on the federal level. It says a person can only remain an independent contractor for the purposes of labor law under the PRO Act if he or she meets all three of the following criteria. The individual is free from control and direction in connection with the performance of the service, both on the contract and for the performance of service. And in fact, the service is performed outside the usual course of the business of the employer. And the individual is customarily engaged in independently established trade, occupation, profession, or business of the same nature as that involved in the service performed. All right. So, um, Hannibal, I, I just been rambling for a while. What's your take on all okay. this? I'll jump with the I'll jump in with the ramble uh, when Biden first came to uh, the presidency. Right. So really early. Uh, maybe I actually did a video on this a uh, couple of months was a month ago at this point. But that Marty Walsh, he's the labor secretary. He basically kind of laid out uh, the roadmap saying that he believes that gig workers should be employees. So, so that was something that, you know, the Biden administration is a bit on the progressive side they're trying to make big changes and you and by doing that you try to increase the power of the government the government is going to try to fix everything and that's kind of the i guess the the basically the idea of what biden is trying to do but unfortunately what may sound good isn't necessarily going to work and yeah. it, on a on a base level of creating more jobs so the pro act sounds good like you could read it on a news article watch a news you know story on tv and it says you know protecting the right to organize like 
everyone wants to be able to do that. We all want to organize. We all want to be able to fight for our rights and fight for higher wages. But the problem is, is the implementation. Um, you know, I, again, we don't want to make it uh, political, you know, but I don't believe that big government work can work in that in that aspect of trying to force this because there's always some unintended consequences. So AB5 in California sounded great, but they had to change a lot of the law. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's what Prop 22 kind of came yeah. into play, where they had to fix it. So by making AB5 on a federal level, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because there's going to be changes and things are just not going to work. And let's see the, the basic... Uh, I guess components of the bill is you're effectively you're you're no longer independent contract you're an employee so mm-hmm. you have to be you have to join a union whether you like it or not you have to pay union dues whether you like it or not it, I thought you know the, the pro act would be you know pro freedom like for the for the worker for us more freedom not oh you have to join a union even if you don't want to join a union so. You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer. You know, I don't know how we can fix this in terms of independent contractor. It's it's such a like I said, it's been going on for so long, but it still feels so new with the Uber and Lyft and DoorDash that they has we have to figure out something. Like, is there in between between employee and independent contractor? Is I don't know. Like, it's 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 very complicated, and we not you know we're trying to make everyone happy, but I don't I don't think this pro act is going to work. Uh, yeah. What do you think? And um, from what I can tell is that, like, well, it already passed the House, but it doesn't seem to have the support of the Senate. So it's probably not going to pass, at least not under the way it's written now. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I read one article and I'm in front of me, but it said that actually some Republicans proposed amendments to it. They didn't they didn't just say, like want to do away with it all, you know, altogether. It's um it's funny, like our first show, and we're already talking about a national political issue. And I didn't really <laughs> want this show to be political, but I mean, when it comes to our jobs, it's like, you know, politicians on all sides are like arguing, like we're kind of caught in the middle here. So, um, but yeah, it's yeah. Also, it's, it depends on you know your view of unions. I know Amazon. Um, you know, a lot of employees, a lot of the warehouse workers wanted to be unionized. Um, and then, you know, a lot of, especially people, you know, again, we can go political, but people think that unions are very uh, political and they are a very powerful force in our country. The powerful unions like the teachers union and and they donate millions and millions of dollars to a lot of uh, campaigns for mm-hmm. Democrats or whatever. So it's always going to be unfortunately political and that was a good thing you said chad like we're just stuck in the middle like even if you don't care about this politics stuff that you still have to pay attention to it you still have to monitor it because it can't eventually affect how you make money yeah um i don't know if you can hear my cat (laughs) i told you (laughs) he wants he wants it what bud what um ap5 (laughs) yeah but anyway so um, I this what comes back to AB five and all that is that this is where people want the best of both worlds. They want the freedom of being an independent contractor and working wherever they want, but they also want those benefits and like a, a guaranteed minimum wage or something. But it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. But you either got to you can be free and be an independent contractor with all the risk that comes with it, or yeah. you can you know be an employee and then 
have all the um, doldrums or whatever that that comes with being an employee. And yeah, that's yeah. And and sorry to interrupt, but I just feel like the, is there a middle ground? There's something for certain gig workers where, like, let's say for instance, you know, DoorDash, where they're just dropping, you know, the the, the base pay, and yeah. we're trying to figure out like how, you know, yeah, we could easily say yeah, the, the government should figure this out and tell DoorDash what to do. Like, I don't know if that's the right answer. Like, what is the way we can not necessarily get everything, but get some compromise on certain things? that I think all employees or all gig workers should have compared to, you know, working for the company or, you know, being an independent contractor. Well, that was in uh, London. They've started a new classification of where now they're calling gig workers workers. They're not employees. They're not independent contractors. <laughs> they're workers. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no, I did not. That's interesting. Workers. Yeah. I mean, it may be another definition. Like we have two. Yeah. We may need a, we may need a third one. I know, and like, I, I myself am kind of, I feel caught, you know, between so many different worlds is because I, like, don't really care much for, you know, public policy, regulations, things like that. Like, I, politically, I consider myself an ANCAP, anarcho-capitalist, basically, you know, a really hardcore libertarian. Don't really, yeah. to me, government has no um, authority or or anything like that you know, voluntary type society, but I live in the real world and, you know, we have laws and regulations. So I'm actually, you know, like, I don't like, and I don't hate the rich the way a lot of people on the left do. And, mm. you know, I don't get like, I, like, I, I almost had a spoiler there, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, when people hear, you know, like they complain about how much money Jeff Bezos makes or CEOs of whatever company, I'm like, who cares? Like they, you, like you don't really think they have, you know, something, something millions of dollars or billions of dollars in the bank. Right, right. Hannibal, your your video just cut out. Uh damn it! I can hear you, but I can't see you. Okay, keep going. I'll, I'll fix it. <laughs> So anyway, um, I find myself, you know, having conflicting opinions on this is because I don't think government regulation has ever really fixed the problem. I'm always of kind of the Ronald Reagan type mentality of government is the problem, not the solution. And yeah. but I also I'm out here on the front lines and I'm like, I'm really sick of DoorDash, Uber, all these companies lowering their base pay, continuing to make cuts and it's like, I want more money, but how do I get them to give me more money without the government forcing them to? Or even if the government does, they always find a loophole around it anyway. So who knows? Well, you know, my, well, as I'm sitting here trying to figure out why my camera, mm. my cord is not working. I still think it's important to have It sounds like you're on the other side of the room. Oh, yeah? I think your mic, oh, your mic oh. unplugged or something. Oh, everything is falling apart. Honestly. Okay. Um, yeah, as I right. still try to figure this out, I still think it's important to have some level of competition. I think, you know, being an independent contractor, it's, you, you know, we, we all keep preaching this. You cannot just stay on one platform. You have to show these companies that I, I can leave at any time. Yeah. I don't have to take this. I'll go find some other app and let them compete. Let them compete and provide benefits. We should not just, you know, like certain people will say, just deal with it and 
turn it to, well, it's your fault. You can't get this certain amount of money from this company. It's like, well, if they're not providing me with enough support, they're not giving me enough of, of a livable wage, and I'll go to another platform, you know? Hmm. You know, it's funny. Um, it says, like, the your your screen name says Hannibal is hungry, but it looks like it says Hannibal's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be a legit news thing. Are you talking about balls? All right, now your screen's just totally black. It doesn't even say your your name or anything. Yeah, we were experiencing technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, BLM Day was a few months ago. <laughs> Remember that when everybody turned like all their uh, their t- Twitter and Facebook and Instagram just black. Yeah, that was very helpful. That 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 helped everything. I know. <laughs> I know. We 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 have equality now because everybody turned their Facebook profile black. Oh, what the hell's going on with my camera? Anyway, all right. Well, let's move while while you're doing that. I'll move on to the next story. Okay, cool. All right, this um, Hannibal should definitely have some input on this. New York City votes to block new licenses for electric taxis, snubbing Revel's Tesla plans. The moped company had planned to launch a ride-hail service with 50 Tesla Model Ys. New York City's Taxi and Limousine Commission, TLC, voted to block the issuance of new for-hire vehicle license for electric vehicles. The move was widely perceived as a snub toward Revel, the company's best known for its electric moped sharing service, which was plan- planning to launch a ride-hailing service for using a fleet of Tesla vehicles. Side note, it drives me crazy when the media calls it ride-hailing and not ride-sharing. Although, yeah. actually, I think that they they actually were going to be like traditional taxis. Um, so, listen, they voted like five to one. Let's see. Well, I'm skipping details here. Revel announced last April that it planned to launch a ride-hail service in Manhattan with a fleet of 50 Tesla Model Ys. The company had been hoping to exploit a loophole in the city's current rules, which caps the number of new FHV licenses. I don't know what FHV stands for but exempts wheelchair accessible and electric vehicles. The cap was originally enacted as a way to stem the tide of new Uber and Lyft vehicles that were flooding the streets. On Tuesday, the TLC voted five to one to remove the exemption for electric vehicles, effectively closing off the pathway for Revel. Yeah. Have you, Yeah. so you're in New York. Have you, mm-hmm. you probably have a better idea of what's going on with this than me. Well, it's typical corruption. Obviously, with the TLC uh, agency, they're the ones who license vehicles. They have licensed about 100,000 taxis and other ride share or white, you know, vehicles. And the fact that they, you know, all Revel and Revel is actually they start with mopeds. They're the rentable. You can rent a moped that they all over the city. You can grab one, you know, put your turn on the app and you can ride around for a little bit. So they're trying to scooter. Yeah, like a little scooter, e-scooter. I don't know why you would want to ride a scooter in New York. Like, at Key West, yeah, but in Manhattan? Oh, there's tons <laughs> of scooters all over the place. We have, it's we either, have like, the yeah. E... We have, like, the... Yeah, well, we have the E-scooters. Well, there's a difference between a scooter and a moped. Like, a moped's, like, a mini bike or, like, a, a motorcycle for kids. But you stand it, up yeah. on a scooter. On a moped, you sit down. We have almost everything here and it all started last year it all started 2020 obviously with the pandemic and then the shutdown the train system where after a certain time there was there's no trains so and also 
train and a lot of the issues in the subways with the crime, people are just saying, you know what, I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to get a, either a scooter, e-bike. There's so many different things. So uh, Rebel has been here for a while and they have like thousands and thousands of scooters and they're pretty accessible because if you, you know, you're not trying to go too far, you're doing like what, 15, 20 minute ride, you just hop on your scooter and go. But all they were trying to do was put out 50 electric vehicles. That's all they were asking for, 50. Yeah, and they thought they had the exemption because of the electric vehicles, and somehow they they you know TLC decided no we don't want to do that due to ride congestion, which is a, such a terrible corny lame excuse, as if that was a reason why I I believe and it's pretty obvious even though Rebel CEO was talking about it, they're trying to stop stamp out competition, mm-hmm. um, you know do they like the fact that Uber and Lyft kind of came in and kind of changed the game. No, they hated it. You know, they, they had a pretty good racket before Uber and Lyft came uh, about. You know, I don't, again, I don't want to make it too, not political, but just, just social. You know, a certain, you know, sometimes a certain way and you, you know, try to hail a cap, a yellow cap wasn't going to pick you up. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. You know, you'll look, you'll wait, you'll wait. They're not going to pick you up. But when Uber and Lyft came about, you know, and it, it's a good transaction. You already pay for it. There's no problems. You know, the, the 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 driver has a rating. Customers have a rating. So there's two o'clock in the morning in the middle of Manhattan with no problem now. So, you know, it's just now Rebel. And I and the funny thing is too, like, aren't we supposed to be all about climate? You know, and make sure we clean the climate. Yeah, it Rebel's says uh, trying to put out. It says you know, that here. It says out. the TLC's vote was baffling to many people who see the environmental benefits of electrifying the city's four hire vehicle fleet. Andrew Salzberg, who worked as who worked at Uber as director of transportation policy and writes a newsletter about decarbonizing transportation, said he was surprised by the commission's stance on Revel's plans. Um, yeah, because it's never about that. It's all about the money. It's yeah. about, but, but I don't think they're going to stop this. Um, you know, and also these jobs. These are these are jobs. The fifty vehicles. These are W two jobs. These are not yeah. independent contractors. These are guys who are going to be just their job to to you know, do the ride sharing. So this decision is, is not surprising. It's just, that's what we, you know, that's New York city for you, you know, a lot of powerful people trying to stamp out competition, but I think eventually uh, rebel will eventually win out. I think. Okay. Well, you have to uh, keep us surprised on that one. So yeah, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'll get a job as a rebel uh, ride. Share. I, no, yeah. man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a cab in New York city. That's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of, that's a lot of patience. I don't have. The next story, this one's kind of um, meh. I might just go over this real quick. So this is from uh, the Boston Globe. Gig workers in Massachusetts escalate fight with Uber, Lyft, and other companies. And it's basically um, Massachusetts is implementing or has implemented their own version of AB5. Can't, Can't say I'm surprised. You know, the blue, the hardcore deep blue states, they're all doing the AB5 type stuff. So... Um, let's see. Tensions over how Massachusetts state law treats gig economy workers could rise this week as a new coalition has formed to combat efforts by some big technology companies to exempt their workers from benefits such as minimum wage and health care coverage. The group called the Coalition to Protect Workers' Rights is launching its effort Tuesday morning with a rally outside the state house. The move comes as Attorney General Mara Healy sues Uber and Lyft for allegedly misclassifying its workers as independent contractors and denying them legally entitled benefits. It also comes three and a half months after an opposing coalition was formed to advocate that gig economy workers should remain as independent contractors in order to maintain the flexibility of their work hours and reduce their chances of facing discrimination in hiring. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is basically... I don't know if we have anything to add to this that hasn't already been said, but it's just, you know, Massachusetts, their own version of um, AB5. Hey, you got your video back. Yeah, so, uh, actually, I'm using my old webcam, but go ahead. <laughs> actually, it looks pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't have much else to add to that. I mean, it's just kind of reiterating what we said about the PRO Act. It's just taking place in Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, I think this this year, and this, you know, going back to the Biden administration, this is the year that I think a lot of people think that the whole idea of unions are going to make a strong comeback because a lot of the jobs mm-hmm. before that, you know, it wasn't, you know, we, we seem like we were moving away from unions. And I think the problem yeah. is, is that a lot of these companies are just, you know, they, they, they're going a little bit too much. They're going a little bit too aggressive. They're trying to find ways not to pay us. They're trying to find ways to cut costs. They're just trying to get the profits to just soar and soar and soar. And I think this is the reason why a lot of these things are happening. And, the gov- you know, these companies are going to have to chill out. They're going to have to relent. They're going to have to, you know, treat people as human beings at the same mm-hmm. time. At the same time, we're I don't know if we're going to try to get the government to do it. But I think, organi- you know, doing stuff like this, organizing, you know, organizing, um, being public, talking about i mean there was a, this situation that happened with instacart um about the rating system i'm i think i, I saw a news art a news about an article about that where um one bad rating basically just like shadow banned you i'm not sure exactly because i don't use instacart but it's like these companies all follow would you sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, these companies seem to follow each other and see what the other ones are able to get away with like oh wait amazon able to, able to do this okay let's try this if we're doordash or we're whatever but yeah. they, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's kind of a broken record at this point. But yeah, you know, and I should have I should have um included that Instacart story. I, I don't know if that happened this week or last week. So I kinda wanna keep this podcast like, you know, just news of the week, not like, you know, evergreen stuff, you know. Gotcha, so gotcha. um but yeah, there was there was an ABC story about um Instacart workers complaining about their rating system, and it, I thought it was really funny that Instacart like refused comment on that story. So, yeah, which is like making making it more obvious that yeah. there's something wrong. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. We got speaking of Instacart, we do have Instacart news. If Miss Page would load, here we go. Russian instant grocery delivery service sets sights on U.S. Samocat, Russia's Russia's biggest instant grocery delivery service by orders, is aiming to be the first of its peers to take a share of the booming U.S. market. The founders of the St. Petersburg-based company are launching the service to be called, I don't know how it's pronounced, it's spelled B-U-Y-K, Boik? Boik. Bork? Bork. Uh, Um, So the founder uh, to be called, I'm going to say, I don't know, Boik's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. B-O-I-K. I think I, I it, there's always some some weird kind of name. Yeah, well, funny sounding name for a company. It's funny because it, it well, if it says it's going to be launched in New York in August, um, so I mean, That's, if they're going to launch a service in America, they should have a very more English friendly name to it. And also, I'm very surprised. Well, okay, I'm not surprised. Well. Because it says in New York. Do they mean New York State or New York City or both? It says uh, uh, yeah, they are targeting was, 
10,000 orders a month by a year end. I assume they mean the city. Have you heard any news, news about this? No, usually if a you know if a company's coming in, there's so many tech companies popping up. I would assume I would have saw like some advertisements about it, some billboards, but I have not seen anything. So I don't know if they're just going to some select markets, maybe in Manhattan, maybe mm-hmm. you know the Upper East Side, up you know where they they could probably make it inroads. But no, I haven't seen anything like you know in my in my comings and goings in downtown Brooklyn and stuff like that. So I haven't seen anything, but I, I see why this is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says uh, gro- grocery grocery delivery is seems like to be the money maker. That's mm-hmm. the, the one thing that seems to be a profitable thing. I think Instacart has po- posted a profit compared mm-hmm. to these other yeah um, apps. So yeah, about a year ago. So I'm thinking they everyone knows okay groceries is where it's at. People don't like to shop. I mm-hmm. personally, I am Instacart cu- uh, customer. I love Instacart. It's you know it. I'm at my house. I I do my thing. If something is not there, I get a text. I get a call. Like it's just fantastic. So I think. That's why I think Door, DoorDash is trying to jump in, obviously, with, you know, jumping in with uh, Albertsons. And, yeah. Um, and they do yeah. Meyer up in the northern states. Yeah. It's the big money moneymaker. So there's going to be a yeah. lot of competition. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, they said, it's funny. We un- he, This is the uh, the founder. He said, we understand that there are higher costs in New York, you think? <laughs> but there's also <laughs> yeah. a higher check. Um, so basically there's this, I can't believe like a Russian equivalent of Instacart is coming to America and that they're starting in New York city of all places. Cause you would think like, I mean, well, you're in New York. I, I would assume that the city is like very Russian phobic since 2016. I, I, I think they probably have a lot of money behind them. If they're able to, are they trying to mm-hmm. break into New York? They must have a lot, some some strong capital, because there's a lot of competition. It's not easy, but you know, are they trying to make it cheaper than mm-hmm. their competition? Like, what what what's, what makes them special? What what what's going to stand out? Yeah. is what I'm interested in knowing. Because right now they have Instacart. There's also a Corner Store, which is basically Uber. I think Uber owns. Corner yeah, they store. just bought it's them outright. And then you have, and then you have, uh, like I said, DoorDash got some Shipped. stuff going on. Shipped his here, mm-hmm. so well, you know, it, it's a battle, right? It's gonna be a mm-hmm. battle. Some of these companies are gonna just either get bought or get knocked out of business. So it's, it's interesting about this, you know, this this you know this company that's coming in. They must have a lot of money. Oh, why bother? Why well, bother? I, I was thinking more like I I think like New Yorkers would be really skeptical, if not hostile towards anything russian since 2016 <laughs> uh for obvious if, if, reasons so it's like why would they go to new york like why like maybe yeah. florida or miami not dc but you know or i don't know it's like all like the major commerce places are usually in blue cities you know mm-hmm. so um i don't know i i i don't see this company i i i I can't imagine that they're going to get much of a market share because Instacart has like what 51% of the market. And then uh, corner shop is still, it's still up and coming. I, I, I have not, I have not done a, I, I signed up and everything got the, the, the package, all the totes and the bags. I still haven't done it. I'm not a shopper shop? guy. Yeah. I, um, I'm still on the waiting I got, list. I gotta try it. I gotta try it. I gotta see because I've I've heard some good things. You can make some some decent amount of money, but um, 
yeah, it, it it's it's it is interesting, and yeah, you're, you're right. Some of these companies are just not gonna, just going to fall to the wayside. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's the last of our news. News. Now we got. Now we got to address the elephant in the room. Although it's kind of the funny, the funny <laughs> part is I, when I was talking. I was talking with uh, Hannibal um, before the show. I said I should title this the hate show. It's like everybody everybody <laughs> hates. The left hates the pro act. New York hates upstart taxi companies. Um, <laughs> these people in Massachusetts hate Uber and Lyft. Um, well, the Russian Instacart doesn't really, not, not much hate there, but. No, not yet. <laughs> everybody, everybody seems to hate Bentley Coop this week. Oh, man. Yeah. Remember that show, yeah. Everybody Hates Chris? Yeah, I love that show. With Chris Rock? Uh, somebody should like Photoshop that, like <laughs> his face on there. And so, anyway, I mean, I mean, this show is called the Gig Two Podcast, and I started it originally to just talk about other gig tubers like me, like you, Gig Mom, Pedro. Um, so, if something's happening among the community, I think it's like worthy of discussion on this show. So I don't, I can't imagine there's anybody watching this that doesn't know what's going on. But so, all right. So Bentley Coop, AKA DoorDash Diaries, he, it's like one of the OG gig tubers. He started making videos about DoorDash, I don't know, two, three years ago, like way before COVID. Yeah. And yeah. he was one of the first people that I found. And cause he used to make a lot of like how to videos. And then like whenever controversy started to happen, I noticed like he would always, always take DoorDash side and like, and a lot of times I would agree with them, not because I was like taking DoorDash's side, but because the demands of like, I don't know, I don't know if you remember like way way before Decline Now, over two years ago, like when I first started doing DoorDash, DoorDash had, Brian Kern just subscribed, thanks man. Um, the way DoorDash used to work is that you used to have, and Instacart was the exact same way. So like they would have a DoorDash, it was a $6 minimum pay. So if like you know DoorDash paid you three, and the customer tipped three, you got your six dollars. If the customer didn't tip at all, you'd still get six dollars because Instacart or DoorDash would just you know subsidize the tip. But right. if the customer tipped, like, and, and again like if the customer tipped a buck, two bucks, two fifty, and like and if it was a short distance delivery, unless it was like you know a ten mile delivery or something like that, or if the customer tipped like four dollars. You're not gonna get six plus four. You're just gonna get seven, and then so there was like all these um, um, class action lawsuits and stuff, and people they wanted like their full tip, and actually it worked out great for DoorDash because all of a sudden like the worst like because before the worst batch or the worst order you would see was six bucks, which is still pretty good by today's standards because usually yeah, most definitely. deliveries are less than six miles. You know, it's usually that's that could be upwards of two dollars a mile. Or higher, um, yeah. but people are like, no, we want the full tip. And DoorDash is like, okay, fine. Now you're gonna get all these three dollar orders. I remember the first time I saw a three dollar order, I was like shocked. I was like, who in their right mind is gonna take an order for three bucks? And I was like, really. Like, and then like when the whole decline now movement happened, like kind of late last year, early this year, mm -hmm. um, or whenever it really happened, I was like, I was kind of agreeing with Bentley because I was like, because he was like we kind of like we're coming from the same mindset of like, you know, all these people who wanted DoorDash to 
stop subsidizing the tip. You got what you wished for. And like what nobody ever asks in the media, and like there's really no way to really know, is how many of those people who wanted DoorDash to stop subsidizing the tip, who wanted the full tip, how many of those people are still driving DoorDash? I would bet less than 10%, maybe 5% or less. Because, you know, these jobs have a very quick turnover. There's not too many people yeah. like me um, and a lot of the viewers out there who are in it for the long haul. You know, a lot of people just do this, like, for Christmas money or over the summer break or whatever. And then yeah. they want, like, all these demands. They want these changes. Because it's kind of like politicians where they want changes for whatever's going to get them reelected. They're not worried about what's going to happen you know, generations from now, they want what's best for the next four years or two years or whatever. So I think the decline now movement is kind of a rehash of, I don't know what the name of the movement was before, but, and so these people who want like $2 a mile, $3 a mile, $12 minimum payout, how many of them are still going to be door dashing a year from now, if, and when door dash capitulates to that. So whenever Bentley Coop would um, trash, well not trash, but just disagree with, decline now and stuff like that i would actually agree with them but and that was a very very long intro to uh, <laughs> trying to build up to this i am building up to a point uh it's the yeah. first episode give me you know let me figure it, it out it, it's it, it's totally fine because i tried to explain my wife about this situation because she does not do any she yeah. doesn't know the for youtube she doesn't understand what's going on it took me a half an hour like it yeah. there's so much going on like it takes a while to kind of explain everything in so, a right way let me, let me just finish this real quick. So, um, and basically over the last few months, and I think like with the rise and popularity of DoorDash Dad, who it was basically, I don't know if he like he started decline now, but he was just, he was basically the face of it for a while. And I, I guess to an extent he still is. Um, and he, so Bentley Coop never, ever criticizes DoorDash. And, I think I think you had a video where you showed him like on the there was a picture of him like at the stock market when they you know had their IPO or whatever he was there for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he, he sells he sells those knockoff DoorDash T-shirts like with, well with the knockoff DoorDash logo, and, and in all his videos he has the, his referral link, and you know you would think like if it was anybody else doing that they probably would have been deactivated like your driver Mike was deactivated. Because he was had his DoorDash referral in all his uh, YouTube videos, and that's against the terms of service of DoorDash. So, like that, he's not getting sued for you know copyright infringement. That he's not getting deactivated for a clearly blatant violation of terms of service. While other people are, a lot of people would kind of come to the conclusion that he's a DoorDash shill, if not a DoorDash employee. Um, yeah. And so there's been this beef between him and DoorDash, DoorDash dad for a while. And if you watch like his um, stories, it's like, it is like Biggie and Tupac. It is all, I'm watching it. I'm like, this is, these are just like rappers battling each other <laughs> over like, they kind of like have this beef. Like it, they're taking each other personally when they're like on other, like on ones on the West Coast, ones on the East Coast, you know, like they're, they've never met in person. It's not like they're like gangs battling over turf warfare. So, 
Um, basically, his last video from like a week ago, when DoorDash cut the pay, he was basically uh, hit it. He actually he made for probably the first time ever a very clickbaity title because it said, "Is this the new base pay? Why? Why now? What can we do about it?" And like he didn't address what his thumbnail was at all. He was just basically saying, "Well, you got to work harder," and you know, but and he was defending Tony's. Uh, you know, uh, salary, which again, I don't really have a problem with how much money CEOs make. That's not, I, I don't care. Um, yeah. but just everybody. And like, so now like all his viewers, not all his viewers, a lot of his viewers, um, you know, he's like doubled or tripled his viewership in the last year or two. And it's funny because I've noticed that the tide has started to turn because when I first started watching him, 99% of the comments were positive And, now it's kind of like 50-50 or even he has a video where he's going to respond to all the haters from his last video and it's he's had it posted for like i don't know since like the day after that video and if you go on it like there's like last time i checked there was like over 100 comments and they're like 99 percent negative and so it's like man I, I wonder how many people are watching bentley coop to like hate watch him now like people who are conservative and watch Rachel Maddow or people who are liberal and watch Sean Hannity, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah. you Hannibal actually kind of got the ball rolling. I, I've created this playlist of, I called the Bentley coop player haters ball. Cause you were the first person that responded like basically point by point to his video. Um, yeah. Disagreeing with them and kind of pointing out like the, you know, in inconsistencies and things like that. And, yeah. uh, I made a, a kind of a spoof video cause he said that, if he orders a burrito bowl in his town, it costs 25 bucks. And I was like, there's no way it costs 25 bucks. And I, you know, I did that as a short, you know? So, uh, and then of course, you know, DoorDash dad jumped in there and there's a few other people here and there that have made videos. And I'm sure there's probably some that I haven't seen. So anyway, very, very long introduction there to what's going on. I don't know if I can add anything else that's hasn't been said already. So I'm going to give you the floor now. I think, well, you know, um, but the situation would de uh, decline now. For, I think because DoorDash Dad's video about it was basically probably one of the highest viewed videos. Somehow he became like the face of it. I'd never seen because de decline now is a Facebook group, right? Yeah, there's I've never a couple seen, of them. I don't think DoorDash Dad even goes on YouTube, uh, Facebook. So it's weird that he kind of was seen as like the ringleader of something he was just commenting on. Like us YouTubers, we create content and we create things based on what's going on. But somehow it just came to, well, yeah, DoorDash dad is the leader. No, he was just, I think he was just explaining why this is happening and what's the, and why people are upset and why it got to a point where people are, are, uh, not accepting orders. And, and it's funny, the decline now movement basically just says, we don't take anything under $7. But then it got to a point where if anyone was a top dasher, they would be really disrespectful and rude to them. Like the, the, the community would seem to be really aggressive. So they're like, if you even discuss this in our Facebook group, you even discuss being a top dasher, you will get kicked out or you'll get timed out or some, some stuff like that. So it, it went to that point and even I would say uh, during that time, I thought, okay, Bentley Coop has his idea, and you know, uh, has idea, so they should really debate. Let's you know have a debate about the issue. But if Which for some reason, I was going to host. Yeah, so it it is interesting why Bentley went towards a more adversarial way, and it you know it didn't. Dordash did not say anything negative about him. It just seems like 
Billy Coop saw that DoorDash Dad's uh, viewers and his subscribers were going in a really fast clip. You know, we all kind of, I'm not, well, me personally, you've been here before, but I, we all kind of follow how DoorDash Dad does his thing. He is doing daily videos about important stuff that we are all either dealing with and he's passionate, he's telling people how he feels. There's a, like this typical YouTuber, because that's what Bentley Cooper is a typical YouTuber. He, you know, five ways to do this or just how, you know what I mean? Like those very YouTube kind of content. DoorDash Dad is like being more real. So he's like, hey, I'm going through this right now. Let me talk to you guys about it. Talking about the tips and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if that just whatever hit DoorDash Dad's style just bothered Bentley so much, but it just became more personal. Like, you know, DoorDash Dad would talk about working out and then Bentley Cooper would talk about it. It just got like, you're right. It got like a rapper kind of feud, kind of like, I feel like it's like a wrestlers. Like they're just shooting promos <laughs> back and forth. But this last one was very particularly weird because, yeah, he made a video that was ridiculously out of touch. It didn't make any sense of what was going on. It showed to me that he did not go out that Friday prior or that Saturday prior or that Sunday prior where the app is down. He didn't he didn't dash. He, I don't know if he ever I don't think he dashes often. And then I saw that video and I, you know, I got triggered. What's, what's that? <laughs> that that term triggered? I got I was like, this <laughs> none has made any sense. Like this, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So I made that video. And then for some odd reason, Billy Coop just started to talk more about DoorDash Dad. But he, DoorDash Dad didn't make the video. Like I made the video. And there's a lot of videos. It's not just mine. There's tons of videos talking, critiquing the video that he put out. Now, you know, some people go on a little bit more personal than others, but really just break it down like hey are you with us like you not even you with us like on our side but are you out dashing every day do you know what's going on he just has this arrogance that he thinks he knows every market he knows what's going on in every situation he doesn't and he's yeah. not he's not taking the time to ever criticize and let me criticize let's be realistic about the company no one's yeah. perfect and he just refused to do that because he's being taken care of and that's fine like yeah, you would just be transparent and say, "I am a brand ambassador of DoorDash." Cool, yeah. no problem. Do you get your money? Like, all right, cool. We're, just, we're not going to come to you when we need like if it's a criticism. We're not going to go to Bentley Coop's channel. But at least if you're a brand ambassador, cool. There's a lot of brand ambassadors on YouTube. You know, there's a guy. Um, you may, you guys may not know him. His name is Peter McKinnon. I think he has like five million subs, uh, YouTube subscribers. He's a, a photographer. Uh, he does cinematography. He kind of shows you how to use your camera. And, the guy makes amazing videos. I love him. He only uses one kind of camera, Canon cameras. He doesn't right. use Sony. He doesn't use uh, Panasonic, none of that. And he's upfront. He says, hey, yeah, I just only use Canon cameras. So if I want to get a legit uh, review of one of the cameras, I may not go to his his channel because he's not going to be as open as he, he could possibly will be because he's getting paid by Canon. And Bentley Coop wants, like you said, he wants everything. He wants to eat his cake and ha have it too. He wants to be able to, to talk and does his thing and be the guru. But man, we saw his face at the New York Stock Exchange. You telling me he didn't get any any stocks? He didn't get any payback? He didn't get any kickbacks? Like, come on, we're not stupid. Yeah. You know? Maybe maybe that should be the title of this episode. Everybody wants their cake and eat it too. <laughs> but any, speaking yeah. of which, I was going to call this episode the whoops the Thucydides trap. Which I don't know why wikipedia isn't showing like all the graphics and banners and stuff but anyway so if you've never heard of this i hear this all the time if you listen to tim pool he says this term almost every day so 
Um, a little lesson here for you. The Thucydides trap is a term popularized by American political scientists, blah, 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 to describe an apparent tendency towards war when an emerging power threatens to displace an existing great power <laughs> as a regional or international hegemon. It was coined and is primarily used to describe a potential conflict between the United States and China. So, I mean, it's basically, name name one rap ba- feud where that doesn't apply, you know? <laughs> I, or it's like, I think, um, you know, Coop has called um, Derek um, Simba a few times, which if you've seen The Lion King, Lion King's basically Hamlet for kids. And yeah. that story is a Thucydides trap. It's a young rising power, you know, Simba, who threatens the the you know elder. I forget his name, Thorn or Scar. whatever. Scar. Scar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Hamlet and uh, you know, I took an entire class on Hamlet when I was in college, but I forgot. But well, anyway, <laughs> um, cats so are, cats are cats are talking about Lion King as well. <laughs> we can hear. <laughs> um, I, I Coop. You you had it right. You were when you did this whole Lion King, uh, you know, simile there. Um, yeah, it's it's totally true. But I don't I don't know if he's watching. But if you're watching, I would say, dude, relax. You're you're not losing. Um, DoorDash Dad isn't stealing your YouTube audience. Although if you keep acting like a complete jackass the way you are, um, people might flock from your channel to his or. Yeah. Bentley Coop might just be trolling at this point where he now he knows people are hate watching him. So he's just going to kind of keep playing this character almost like I think um, so. I, I like think a pro right. wrestler or, you know, um performance artist or like, I think he, I think he'd rather be liked though. Like he's doing it, but I feel like he he's not comfortable in this space. It kind of reminds me, I don't know if it's a basketball analogy, but like when LeBron went to Miami, he kind of tried to embrace being a villain. Yeah. But he really didn't like being a villain. He kind of tried to do it, but he doesn't like it. He, he wants to be loved. He wants to be respected. And I'm not putting him in the same boat, but Bentley Coop thinks that YouTube is a competition. Like it's some kind of, like I said, a rap game where you've got to be the best. And yeah. the whole idea to be a really good YouTuber, as I noticed, is you talking, you collab with other creators and you're not just trying to find fights with everybody. Like every single, like you name a few creators that he's having beefs with and it doesn't make any sense. He just seems like I can only, he wants to be only person in town and that's why people are are rising up and looking at his content and and he's he's you know talking about how his views and how you know things are going well but eventually those things may turn around because i'll tell you right now i think eventually pedro and doraja will probably usurp him eventually it is a matter of time it could well it it depends how you measure it but if you're measuring all time versus current because, like, well, you know, all-time views, I'm sure Coop probably has, you know, more all-time views and certainly has way more subscribers than the four of us put together. Because he has, like, 80-something thousand. So he'll probably hit 100,000 by Christmas. Um, I think unless- I, I think the, the I think the way YouTube is kind of structuring it now is, you know, and UDM, he sent me a really nice email. He's like, yo, do not worry about, it's not worry about the views and the subs. But it's like the quality of those subs, the quality of those views, the people who are really are really going by and really following what's going on. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he has that eighty thousand, but you know, the last video, those it was a lot of downvotes. People are looking at like, all right, I may stay subscribed. You know, they may not sit there and click the unsubscribe button, but like with DoorDash, Dad drops a video, like I'm gonna watch that because you can tell he cares. Or uh, Pedro dropped his 
magnificent video yesterday just talking about mental health and taking a break and, and yeah. even like udm like drop a, a really good video about just sacrificing you know like he told his he told his wife hey you stay home this summer and i'm gonna go get this money so we, we can still go to disney world next month like these are the kind of people we want to listen to these this inspiring stories so yeah doordash sucks right now but these guys are still out out there doing it and they're not chastising you telling you we know well you, what about accountability like if you're an independent contract you are accountable every day because you look at your bank account you look at your total when you finish your you know the day like we're all accountable so I think his style Unless you're I think a FedEx it's getting played driver. out. Well, yeah, we get paid by the whatever <laughs> the hell he said. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So well, I, I I I will watch what he has to put out tomorrow. We'll see we we'll see what he yeah. does what he says. I do you think he's gonna I, I noticed like he this isn't the first time where he's kind of had to make a video clarifying what he said in a previous video. And every time he does that, it's always like or like even like the video from last week, it's more like he kind of starts like from this, the standpoint is, listen, idiots, I'm going to explain how this really <laughs> works to you. You guys are too dumb. And I think to an extent, like there's some truth to that because if you read Facebook comments, Reddit, or just bump into other drivers when you're at the store, there are a lot of idiots out there. I mean, there's a extremely low barrier to our types of jobs. Yeah. So basically anybody with a pulse and a clean driving record <laughs> can do what we do. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of But I think I think the prop the issue with him is when you are when you actually take the time to subscribe to in those YouTube channels, you're not the average gig worker. Like you're looking for information. You're so you're a little bit more on the up and up compared to like you said the guy across the shush. The guy across the street. Or oh, the guy just doing, you know, just doing this didn't didn't take the time to look up anything. I mean, I remember talking to guys. He's like, "Yeah, I was at uh, Wendy's. I waited for forty five minutes. I got, you know, I only got four dollars." And I looked at him like, "That did you, you know, like did you look up any information and tell you that <laughs> that's probably a bad idea?" You know what I mean? Like, so I think with Bentley, I hope I hope he backtracks. I hope that he finds a way to equivalent. Like he sit there to try to explain it, but also realize what he did wrong. I hope that he despite the, the nonsense he's doing on his stories that he realized that he's all by himself. That's true. But this is not about getting money. You can't get money when you post stuff to antagonize your subscriber base. So even if he got to fake it, he's going to have to find ways to yeah. kind of show that what they're saying is right. And he could be a little bit wrong. I, I just can't imagine a scenario in which he would like eat, eat crow, you know, or apologize yeah. or anything. I mean, he could go. He could be like, okay, well, what I meant to said was this, and it came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like and like that. his whole FedEx comparison simile, that's that makes no sense at all. It, it's just a very small fraction of those types of drivers actually are independent contractors. The other everybody else is actual employees, and it's also the difference between franchise and you know independent contractors. You know, it's like saying like, you know, like because anybody could, anybody could. By using his logic, you know, I can go out and buy a McDonald's franchise tomorrow, you know, and after a few years, I might be a millionaire. I mean, yeah. but I had to be get in extreme debt. Um, but I mean, like, literally anybody can go buy a McDonald's franchise or a Subway franchise or something like that. It's basically, I think that's like kind of like what his point was, that FedEx drivers, to an extent, are like kind of like franchisees 
You know, like like Amazon yeah. DSP drivers, like anybody can start a company that delivers for Amazon now. Yeah. Hey, here's Leo. He wants to get in on the <laughs> chat. We're not we're um, not talking about cats, dude. The only so, thing, I'll, I'll, the last thing I'll say about uh, Bentley that I think is missing that he, I don't know if he's a particularly bright person. I, I'm just being honest. I think the issue with him is, okay, you, he, did the, he did the gig work. He did the YouTube stuff. He's able to sell clothes. He should have transitioned the channel a bit towards the things that he's actually doing. Yeah. So like, all right, if you if you're a co- you have a company, you're selling clothes. Talk about that. Talk yeah. about setting up a clothing line. Uh, what the issues are you deal with as a as a person running a company, running a business? Now, you know, you may still drop the occasional dash video, but let's talk about what's going on in your life. I know, like he he he, he kind of stuck with. I'm gonna just keep talking about DoorDash. It's like, well, dude, if you're not really in the game anymore, I know. It's like, what he's, are you doing? I, I have a feeling he's just doing DoorDash once or twice a week to have content to make videos. You know, yeah. Like, and I, but I think like what he's kind of approaching YouTube and social media in general, like a kind of a Kardashian influencer type of way, where he's he's like you know like he does like stories where like he's at the. Uh, warehouse where they make the shirts or whatever and it's just kind of like he's just kind of like look how much money i got you know and like I, I i he does show his family and stuff which is great you know that's great but um people aren't really watching him for to see his kid graduate school or whatever you know um because it's a more of a you know public figure channel or entrepreneur or even straight out business uh yeah. type channel in you know instagram and facebook and all that stuff and he kind of uh, he has this like rapper mentality of just he's done everything at this point except get wads of cash and start doing this you know or like yeah. filling his getting ten rings on you know each finger be like look how many gold rings I got you know like okay yeah. you're successful we get it um, and I think I think he's taught everything that he can to teach at this point about DoorDash so. You know, and it's funny because I'm kind of breaking one of my own rules. Is like, ever since I was a kid, like whenever, like, like, well, how old are you again? We're about the same age, right? Yeah, I'll be 37 in September. Oh, okay, I'm 44. So, yes, especially man. you. I was gonna say, do you remember when you were a kid growing up in New York when Howard Stern first came out? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I wasn't allowed to listen to too much of it, but yeah, like you try yeah, to sneak off. Yeah, me neither. Man. But I was just kind of like. Even as when I'm like a little kid, you know, I'm like, I don't get it. Why don't people just not listen to him? You know, <laughs> and I've always been like that. I'm just like, if somebody's being a dick, just don't yeah. watch him or whatever. But I, and, but, and, and, I, and it's funny. I don't think I'm subscribed to him. But for some reason that day, I saw his video and I'm thinking maybe he has some information that we don't have. And maybe yeah. he had to explain what's going on. Because if you watch and another thing, too, I don't think he's watching any other content on on this in this platform. He's not watching all these people doing the vlogs and they're struggling and they're, and they're I think he's watching DoorDash, why, Dad. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the one. And he's hate watching, right? So he's yeah. watching and he's responding. So, you know, like I would say, you know, I think most people do who who are really deep in the space and kind of understand they're not really watching him. So I, I don't know how long we, you know, I think after a week, I think we're just going to move on to something else to be completely honest with. Yeah. I don't think he, and he, he sounds like a broken record too. He kind of saying the same things. Oh, look at my views. Look at my views. Look how successful I am. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, that, is that's all you have? Then we'll move on. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's at this point, it's just a dick measuring contest with only one entrant. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically. 
All right. Well, I think we're coming up on an hour. This this was our first episode. Sorry, there was so many technical glitches and all that. I don't know if uh, I think Pedro was waiting for us to wrap because he said he was gonna do a live stream tonight. So oh, um, he's he, he's such a great person. You yeah. know what? Uh, we got he, he's still waiting for us. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> all right. Um, I will put links to everything that we talked about in the description box below. I'll put a link to Hannibal. Check out his channel. By the way, congratulations on passing a thousand subscribers. When thank we talked you, like you. a week or two ago, you were only at like eight hundred, and you're you're I, getting I, you're you're getting I, more I, subscribers quicker than I am. Well, it's 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 your help. It's uh, you know DoorDash Dad, Pedro, and UDM. Everyone is super super supportive. If you guys weren't around, I would not be where I'm at. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're still waiting on that ride along video. You know, do a day in the life. Of, you know, <sighs> I think I would do one probably late at night to see what, you know, me in the hood. Whatever, what whatever, whatever it takes. I just, I, I like to see a day and <laughs> typical day in your life. We'll do. We'll do. All right. We got to, we got to think of a, uh, an outro or whatever, you know, thanks for watching the gig Two podcast. This, this has been this week in gig news. I'm Chad, a gig economist. And I'm Hannibal is hungry. That's, I, right. Yeah, sure. All right. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. All right. See you next week. Bye.